Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember to use the promo code DNVR25. You'll save 25% off your entire purchase of that CBD-infused, deliciously rich, and potentially life-altering Strava Craft Coffee. I'm your host, Drew Creaseman. I'm the managing editor of DNVR Rockies. With me, as always, is beat writer Patrick Lyons. And on this episode... We're breaking down one of the more exhilarating wins of the season for your Colorado Rockies. A 6-5 walk-off win over the San Diego Padres as they continue to be a thorn in the side of this would-be NL West contender that has now got the Cincinnati Reds hot on their heels in the wild card race in the National League. Colorado Rockies, of course, with a couple more games left to go against the San Diego Padres with pitching matchups that should favor them. So we've got an opportunity here. Of course, we know, Patrick, these home Colorado Rockies, you you saw it last night. They do the thing. They make you think, all right, here's going to be a great starting pitching performance. The offense does what they do at home, getting big, inspiring home runs, and we'll get into all that. Bullpen blows it. <laughs> but still, the walk-off W, it's just a, it's just a different ball club at home. And you've got to watch all nine innings because you don't (laughs) know what's going to happen. There was one point in the game when it looked like the Rockies were going to pull away in a rather healthy fashion. And they were only able to get four runs in that, uh, I think it was the the fourth inning there. And it was like, okay, tacos are right around the corner. It's 5-1. You know, it's third inning. Thank you. And it it just seemed like it was this inevitability. And – yeah. It, it didn't happen, and that's okay. That's fine. And Senzatella kept the, the score down. He he did his part. And then the inevitability of the bullpen happens. And then the inevitability of C.J. Crone hitting a homer because he hadn't done that yet. And the Rockies winning at home, which they hadn't done yet. And they have a walk-off. They're 11th of the season, now a franchise record, and they lead all of MLB in those last-second ABWs. How it, It's been exciting. How about that, Patrick, of, of the things, again, that we would have predicted coming into the season? Them being terrible on the road? Sure. Historically terrible, maybe we wouldn't have predicted, but yeah, team's going to be bad on them. They're going to be better at home? Sure. Really good at home? Probably didn't predict that either. But they're going to be the team that leads baseball. So they're third in baseball in quality starts. 
and they're first in baseball and walk off wins. What is this team? <laughs> what are, I'm what working on something to, that's going to propose yeah. uh, that question. I have no answers, but I oh. just want to look at <laughs> how <laughs> bipolar they can be in a sense, right? Just they're on two different poles, right? There's these extremes that they've had all season. And when we thought it was going to break somewhat and normalize, it just hasn't. I think they've played better on the road, but it hasn't translated to wins. And they've played pretty much the same at home, sometimes not as good, and yet it still translates to the wins. Yeah, right. It hasn't translated to losses. That's right. Right. It's It's, it's been wild for for this to, to go on this season. And I don't know if it's just – if it's something that can't happen anywhere else. Is it a Coors Field thing? I don't know. I think so. I think I think it's the perfect combination of the environment, the extremes in the environment between home and away that have been well-documented at this point. You know, we've talked about the lack of experience on the team. Then you add in the chaos of a bullpen that's been – mostly pretty terrible but every once in a while just locks it in and and you win it the Rockies have 20 blown saves on the season now which has them in the top 10 and a lot of the other teams though that are in the top team because there's a lot like the Dodgers are actually number two on that list the Giants are ahead of the Rockies in terms of blown saves but of course they have far more converted saves (laughs) as well they've had more save opportunities. The Rockies and the Diamondbacks are the two teams that both have an incredibly high number of blown saves and a very relatively low number of recorded saves. And so when you look at all of that and you put it all together and you go, yeah, no, that, that makes for a team like last night's game was a perfect example where the bullpen did blow the baseball game by technical definition and by everyone who watched it and feeling in your gut when that ball left the ballpark in the top of the ninth. The difference is it was the top of the ninth, (laughs) and the Rockies could answer in the bottom of the ninth. And the beautiful thing about baseball is the very second C.J. Crone's ball crossed the wall, the ball game was over, and the Colorado Rockies bullpen did not need to make another appearance. Bat at home? Yep, there it is. There's your... (laughs) <laughs> there, there they there they go. It's called a blown save, not a blown win, which still right. translates to the same thing. It's just game. not guaranteed yeah. loss because you're home. And Carlos Estevez did fantastic. By the way, he's been very good as of late. In his last 15 games, he has yeah. a three ERA, 15 innings pitch, 17 strikeouts. In his last seven, even better, 1.29 ERA. Could we see a change at the closer role? We'll see. While the innocent does ask, what's the record for most walk-offs by a single team? The record is 18 by the 1959 Pittsburgh Pirates, which they did do it also in the World Series against the Yankees. So I think that counts for that. (laughs) So in more recent memory, the 97 Marlins did it 16 times. Again, some of that happened in the postseason. So the Rockies could be on their way to setting a record for teams that, you know, don't make the postseason or regular yeah. season walk off wins. And they're, they're still going to have, you know, a few more opportunities. They've got uh, what looks like about six more series at home. So, 
you know that's going to translate to about 18, 20 more games, 18, 20 more walk-offs. I 14 mean, more wins and 10 of the, them by walk-off. Let's the go. Only, the only reason why there aren't more hospital beds filled up in the Denver area with heart attack victims is because this isn't a season that is riding on any right. one thing. Like, Can you imagine if they were like – Yeah, if they were six or seven games over. These would be a lot, a lot more challenging, <laughs> I think, yeah. to the – to the hardcores, as it were, you, you just take it in stride and go, hey, there's the bottom of the ninth. Hey, there's CJ Crone. And hey, there you got the recipe, as it's been a few times now already. Yeah, uh, that's why I, I do think I want a differentiation. There needs to be the blown save and the incredibly blown save or whatever we call it. The thing because there's sometimes you blow the save and the other team is tied to the game and then it, it's out of your control after that. And sometimes, and we saw this out of Wade Davis a lot, right? You blow the save and you didn't just let the other team tie the game. They, they took a two, three, four run lead off of you. And now your bottom of the ninth offense doesn't just need to put one on the board to win, or, you know, maybe they can go into extras. They've got a rally and that's a much worse spot. So I, I've always wanted that stat. And that was another example of the difference between a blown save and a total meltdown. A blown Wade. It sounds like what you're almost <laughs> thinking about. No, that, that yeah. would not want to put that on anyone. Because it's hard to differentiate between you took away the opportunity for your chance to win versus you gave the other team the win. Yes. Right? Yes. And yes. you can and even if he had given up four runs and given the Padres the lead, you still didn't give them the win. You still have That's that right. opportunity. So even within that, there has to be some kind of differentiation. But you know, Buddy even said in the post game that in that blown save, the first two hits by Cronenworth and Nola were right. very soft, and they were the expected batting average on those two hits: one eighty for Cronenworth, and on the Nola single was two ten. It was the expected batting average. Those balls yeah. were not hit far; they just kind of eke their way in. And yeah, the 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 home run is to, to Hosmer is what's. You know, got it done. It's interesting that Hosmer went opposite field to tie the game, <laughs> and Crone went opposite field as well as CJ, uh, as well as Connor Joe, the other CJ. Yeah, uh, all right. He he also was able to to do that. The birthday boy. So uh, it, again, it's interesting how the the game plays out. That's why you play the game. That's why you need twenty seven outs. It's just the perfect game. Oh, it really is. Hey, Will here in the comments says he's going to be down here where I am right now at the bar for trivia night tonight. I might hang around. I'm weighing back and forth. I was down at the ballpark earlier. I'd like to see some of y'all. I've got one of these beers right here that you can get. I know Will's a member. I know all of you out there are probably members as well. But if you aren't yet, this is the size. Look at this thing. This is what a regular beer is. This is what you get when you're a member. This big old honking thing. So come down to the DNVR bar. Become a member at the DNVR.com. Get your Breck Brews and your 15-can tap pack samplers at your local King Supers or you know liquor store, wherever you can find them. And the bigger one here for being a member. If you subscribe for a year, we'll send you a free shirt from the DNVR Locker. Don't forget to schedule your fantasy football draft down here at the DNVR Bar as well. You can email GM at the DNVR Bar to get that done. Appreciate you, Will, and everybody else out there for subscribing. Make sure that if you haven't yet, you get in now for all that written content. Hanging out in our Discord channel for the every time Connor Joe does something, <laughs> you've got to react to it in our Discord channel. It lights uh, up. People are getting excited about Connor Joe. Is this 
really a thing? It could be. It really could be a thing. This guy, he homers on anniversary. He likes homering on anniversaries, whether he knows it's an anniversary or not. He did it one year of being diagnosed cancer-free. He does it on his birthday. He'll do it against teams he used to play for. He'll do it back home in California. This is really becoming a, a thing, and it's been really exciting. And, you know, we saw it on Sunday. He made a fielding error, and you go, ah, okay. Well, More than made up for it on Monday how night. How that play? In a play that, again, Buddy said post game, it was a backbreaker. Now, it wasn't the final out of the inning. It was the second out. But it took away a monumental opportunity for the Padres to go in hammer out some more home runs in the middle of their lineup at the plate. And it really kind of stopped them. It slowed them down drastically. No doubt yeah. about it. And that was, you know, in a weird way, seeing everything, what ended up transpiring there in the ninth, you could say, man, that could have been somewhat of a game changer. That that was the winning play. And we almost yeah. didn't know it at the time. Yeah. And I've had people, who are probably a little bit biased because they may have played the position before. So you can maybe take some guesses at who I'm talking about here, but I have had people explain to me that left field at Coors is among the most difficult in the world to play because it is enormous. It's just a gigantic area of space and particularly that left center field gap. Uh, is very difficult to get back in there and figure out. And that's the direction that Connor Joe is going as somebody who's not necessarily a, a natural left fielder, a guy who's kind of a natural baseball player, really. And he's, he's jumped around and cheers to Colfax. It happens occasionally. Uh, but that was as impressed as I've been by him. And the, and the stats actually like him defensively. And, and that's tracked with like, yeah, hey, he's a good athlete. He gets over. He doesn't make a lot of mistakes. We saw one the other night, like you mentioned, that was, I think, his best play yet defensively going into the gap that uh, somebody who's got, who's, who's ranked in the top five in DRS in left field in Colorado Rockies history told me it's a nightmare to play, an absolute nightmare. So that he's out there year one doing it, you're like, like you said, it's Connor Joe, man, could be a thing. Very well could be. He's on a 45-degree angle for because for anyone who knows, okay, that's where the ball lands is in the gap. So why did, was that play any different? And if you go and watch the video, a lot of times when you see a guy dive, they're just diving to their left or their right, almost a 90-degree angle, right? If, right. If, if you think about it, if you're, if you're drawing it up that way. And he's going back and to the left. He's on a 45-degree angle. I mean, you can probably go back and depending on how right. old you are listening to this, Think about Jim Edmonds, some of the interesting plays that he was able to make. Of course, somewhere, you know, he's at a you know 180 degree angle. He's just going over his head. But Joe's at that that 45 degree slant or even 135, not to get too mathematical on you. But uh, <laughs> it, it was it was incredibly impressive. And you know, Senzatella really appreciated that play. Everyone in the ballpark did because they knew what it meant at that point where you you thought. Man, the Padres are due to come back. They're due to get something going here. Right. You know, they've they've got the pressure on them, and they should be able to respond. They have enough talent to respond to these pressure-filled situations. You know, at the beginning of the season, teams get off to slow starts or bad starts. They have guys injured, whatever it is. But at some point, you've just got to get it done. And when you have a roster like they do, even with all the guys on the IL, 
they're going to get it done more times than not. And yet on Monday night against the Rockies, as hard as they tried, your Rockies did not allow them to do that. Came away with a big victory. Yeah. There was a, an interesting, uh, long, actually pretty long conversation in today's pregame between uh, our guy Nick Groke over at The Athletic and Bud Black talking about Connor Joe as kind of an atypical leadoff hitter in the way that you think of kind of like a Rymel Tapia as a slappy, fast guy who can kind of do all of these, these things. But at 291 with the batting average, at 359 on base coming into today's game, the on base in particular – and the thing that maybe you do compare him most to a guy like Ryan Altapia, the roughly 13% strikeout rate that he's got going. So not striking out, taking good at bats, taking his walks if he needs to. No, he's not going to steal a lot of bases for you. He doesn't have that kind of top speed or whatever. But in an odd way, he's starting to profile nicely as a leadoff guy, which we know he's not going to be moving forward. But the fact that he's been able to basically just step into that role just fine is another thing that makes you go, man, yeah, this guy is, as somebody put in the Discord last night right after the catch, what can't this guy do? In my write-up uh, that was published on Sunday about the interesting different lineups that they've had, one of the questions I was able to get uh, a response from Buddy Black was this idea that, look, they're giving guys a lot of different opportunities, and that also means in the lineup. And they don't need to go you know, terribly traditional. I think if you look at the lineup, with somewhat of an untrained eye, it, it looks looks typical, right? We, we we know that lineups have changed. You know, you've got Aaron Judge at six foot seven, six foot eight, batting second in the lineup. You go, wait, isn't that? Are you supposed to be sacrificing the runner over to second base? Right. Like, what's what's the dynamic there? We know that that has has changed in the last decade, but still, Connor Joe again, a a corner infielder, corner outfielder. You typically don't see that in the leadoff spot. You know. Catchers, even a guy like Buster Posey, there's a lot of wear and tear, you know, on, on those knees and on that body. And as good as his bat is, batting him, you know, batting him fourth in the lineup, batting cleanup, that's a tall order. You almost need to save him and just slide him down a little bit. So seeing seeing Elias Diaz do that is rare. A second baseman yeah. like Brendan Rogers, that's that's an incredible rarity. So yeah. he's you know kind of done a lot of those things, and Connor Joe's really at that forefront saying, all right, well, you can play a little first base. You can bat lead off. All right. Let's kind of go the Anthony Rizzo route. Let's play Still, around with that. Why yeah. not? You don't Why need not? to steal second base if you're standing on it after hitting a double. And Connor Joe is prone to do that. Yeah. He's, he's in there right now. He, he's been doing real well on the other side of it. Before we get off of the offense, a few other guys that came through nice, obviously Charlie Blackman with the two run shot. Uh, it was a big one early on center field. Uh, he's had a couple of big home runs lately. He was somebody you predicted to have a big final stretch here. Trevor Story with the two-run double early on. And of course, CJ Cronin, who we've talked about, but who continues to be just extraordinary for this team, really draws a walk, hits the walk-off home run. It, it just feels like any more, uh, man, you just thinking back on like the first three weeks when he wasn't just striking out, he was striking out ugly looked like he never swung a bat before and we were talking to each other like is he done is he like totally done and now it seems like i can't remember the last time he had a bat at bat he looked like a guy that would have signed with the rockies on a minor league deal to play first base when there were four or five other options uh ryan mcmahon 
maybe the incumbent if Fuentes is going to start over at third base, which almost is, is what you ended up getting because Rogers was hurt. So McMahon was at second base, Greg bird, Colorado kid really, you know, showed some flashes there with the Yankees. That's a possibility. Connor Joe, again, a high round draft pick and you go, all right, CJ Crone, let's, we'll see what happens. He's Give him a shot. Yeah. He's a veteran. Yeah. Guys like that are kicking around so you can scoop them up. I mean, Who's to say that Matt Adams isn't the same guy in this lineup? Because sure. they both had those moments. Like you said, we're talking and kind of looking at each other like, well, eh, a couple years ago might have been a little bit better. Oh, well. And, you know, he, he ends up being as good as he's been offensively. The defense has been solid. You know, oh, I haven't looked over at him and, you know, had those same kind of looks that Daniel Murphy has had at times right. a couple of years back, you would have remembered, right? And two, last night, don't forget, he did leg out a little infield single. He did, an infield hit, and he made a nice play. To your point, at, at first base, the first month, I felt like he was a liability defensively, and I was starting to get frustrated with him. And since then, he's been good. And I, I wrote about the team defense uh, the Great other day. And for anyone – needs to go check it out you do need to subscribe the dnvr.com check out what drew was able to dig into with the defensive metrics because we too oftentimes look at what are you doing on offense great hey look at how good the pitching is great look defense plays into how many more runs you're going to need to score offensively how much are your pitchers getting away with both starting and relief so it's just one of those areas that kind of doesn't get valued enough. We're also trying to figure out how to value those things. I thought you did a really great job in that article, kind of touching on all those parts. I appreciate it. And there were a few things as I was researching it that I was surprised to find that the Rockies did well. And that was probably the biggest one was that at first base, uh, they've been pretty good. Not, I mean, actually they're, they're ranked second, <laughs> which, which kind of blew my mind as a team in baseball. But CJ Crone as an individual has been – kind of a top 10, not a top five, but a very, very solid defender. And that that surprised me a little bit. And some of those numbers and metrics aren't perfect, but when the guy's giving you what he is at the plate and he's no longer clearly a liability defensively, I've, I'm enjoying the CJ Crone experience these days. Cheersing again. He's a fun guy to root for, isn't he? We'll see what happens, you know, in these final seven weeks, but I, I think it is gearing up for him to come back at first base, I mean, I know there's some other decent options there, but again, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. You know what C.J. Crone brings, and again, there's a lot that we don't get to see behind closed doors. And as you know, a, a somewhat of a clubhouse leader, again, that could be another one of those indicators that, yeah, you know what, he's comfortable here. You know, it, it can be somewhat of a somewhat of a team friendly deal, so to speak. Where again, both parties want to really get together. And there's there's already a familiarity there. Whereas if you go with a with a free agent first baseman, you know how much is kicking tires, how much is playing hard to get, and you might not get it done. He could be a guy that comes off the board, you know, pretty quickly. We're seeing that a, a much more common now. I don't I don't even remember this happening before the last CBA where guys right. are saying, shoot, you know what? I'm Spinning. I'm gonna get my money right now mm -hmm. and kind of lock that deal in. So. Uh, I, I would really hope the Rockies, you know, do that with any of their kind of impending free agent. I know Chris Owings is a guy that, you know, is more of an injury concern here or there, but he's played really well when he's healthy. Decent, and and, and, and much, I think yeah. he's been very, yeah, a very good utility player. But mm -hmm. then again, 
you let the season play out, you still might be able to bring those guys back on another minor league deal, go the Mark Reynolds route. You can still have your cake and eat it too. So we'll see what happens. But Crone in 2022, I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I've, I'm, I've become a fan of that idea very, very quickly. And it's, it's a lot of fun to watch him play. So let's get into a little bit of the pitching. Of course, speaking of pitching, you know who pitches fantastic no, I got nothing. They're just fantastic for the environment. It's a fantastic sales pitch to work at Ball Arena. Or not Ball Arena, Ball Factory. I mean, it'd be great to work at Ball Arena, too. But I don't know how much they're hiring there. I do know they're hiring down at the Ball Factory. I know that Ball is fantastic because for years, I've been getting their products and I hadn't complained about it a single time and even known it was them. It's kind of like when, when you're like an umpire, right, or a referee. Like when you don't notice that there's a problem with the product, that's when you know that it's fantastic. You're never right. Oh man, these cans, this glass, these jars is no good. No good. Had this stuff for years, sustainable, fantastically made quality materials and they treat their people. Well, I know this from personal experience. People in my family have worked for ball for decades. Uh, People I've had friends that have worked down there. They're hiring right now at their plant in golden. I could not recommend a place more highly for y'all to check out to work. If you want to be a part of, you know, work that you can be proud of that you, you don't just go and go, oh, I don't care what's produced at the end of the day. Maybe whatever I'm doing is poisoning the environment or part of some horrible like machination of what, no, no, no. It's great. Working a ball, making sustainable materials, taking care of the environment, working for people that take care of their employees that uh, are real big on diversity and inclusion off the charts ratings from all of these groups talking about where's the uh, I, I, I always miss the name of the the human rights group. There are a couple of them and the environmental group. Hundred percent ratings. Hundred percent ratings. That's, that's unheard of in today's world where <laughs> everyone is fighting for that. Like there, you know, we know corporations can you know be have questionable motives here and there, but. They're always striving for that. And even the ones that have perfect motives can't hit that mark. And Ball is doing right. that. It's, it's unbelievable. It's the Human Rights Campaign Corporate Equality Index of 100%. Perfect. <laughs> Absolutely wild. So check them out again. You can go to, uh, you can text Golden to 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to jobs.ball.com, search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden or simply text Golden to 77222. All right, Patrick, as I was talking about, we're going to get into the pitching just a little bit here. Now, your boy and mine, really everyone's at this point, the Colorado Rockies fifth rotation starter, Antonio Senzatella goes seven innings, six hits, two earned runs, one walk, just the two strikeouts at Coors Field against the San Diego Padres. Of course, the seven innings is the thing that really uh, sticks out to you there. But uh, he's got his season ERA plus back up over that 100 mark at 104. And there and there he is, just being so damn reliable. Very consistent. Yeah, very yeah. consistent. I mean, you, you go back to his last seven starts, his last 15 starts, his last 30 starts, it's all around the same thing. 410, yeah. <laughs> 424, 458, yeah. Yeah. ERA. Yep. It's 
it's as consistent as you can get. And yeah, he'll have his moments where, all right, you, you want to have that one back and, you know, didn't have a great start, but just incredibly consistent. There's just such value in that, uh, along with the upside, you know, that we have seen in spurts and we kind of thought last year he un unlocked that. And, you know, I, I don't know how much better he can get. I think he's still learning it. Again, he came up really young. He came up at, at 22 years old. So yeah. um, some of these guys take a little bit longer to develop. I mean, look at what Jolie's Chassin has been doing and what he did, I should say, in the latter parts of his career after he yeah. left Colorado. And it seemed yeah. like, all right, you know, he's a free agent. He's doing his thing out there. And, and that's when he had some of his best years. So some of those guys take that long to actually develop. So seeing him do his thing, you know, has a lot of value. If, if they can't, you know, lock him up and, and give him an extension and they try to use him as a trade chip, there's a lot of people out there that would value his services and what he's able to do again, especially being able to do it at Coors Field time and time again. Yeah. I was thinking as I was watching that game to the last time we were talking about Sensatella. And if he does stay with the Rockies, just seeing a highlight right now, by the way, of the Connor Joe catch. Whew, boy, that was good. Um, and and I talked about liking him as a convert into the bullpen and, and people in our comments section, you know, keeping me honest, talking about he doesn't strike out a lot of dudes. He can be sort of up and down in terms of his runs. Like you said, over 15 or 30 game sample size, it tends to balance out. But every once in a while, he's a bit more hittable. And then I watched the game last night and I go, but this would he stubbornly refuses to walk people. You have to earn it against Antonio Sensatella. You just have to. And I think that's what intrigues me about him. And I also think his stuff could be maximized in the bullpen more than, say, a, a Rollison or a Peter Lambert. Sensatella's got a legitimate 98, 99-mile-an-hour fastball in there. He's got a legitimate wipeout breaking pitch that he just doesn't throw all the time because I don't think that he can. I'm starting to come to the conclusion that like his best breaking stuff isn't there all the time. And that, that, that aids to some of what we're talking about, but if you can air it out with him, I like that as a future role for him. If not, he's almost the perfect fifth starter, leave him where he is, but you're right. There's like, whether it's with the Rockies or whomever else, Antonio Senzatella, who was never ever a consideration for a top 100 prospect, or any of those types of things. A, a guy who was a flyer from the day the Rockies picked him up to the day he made his debut till now, I think is carved out. He's going to have a very, very nice major league career. When we look back on that. You know, he's making $3 million in arbitration this year. So it's two more years. He's arbitration eligible. So, you know, I don't know necessarily what he could max out to maybe 8 million. I, that's just a general guess. And you go, well, would Colorado pay $8 million to a closer if they do that? And I think that's probably on the, we know, we know what they paid Wade Davis and a couple I was going to say, just to at least set you up. know this guy, at least you but, know his mental makeup. Right. And I just think that that number, right. while but it is you, high, it's, it's still within the spectrum of a possibility. I, I wouldn't yeah. totally throw that out again. You're looking, you know, there, there's other players and other figures that you would look at and just say, no, it's it's too much of a risk. And again, you would have to get, as you mentioned, you would have to get Lambert, Rollison, 
Carl Kaufman, whoever, to really push up against Sensatella to make the Rockies go, you know what, you're better served uh, closing out games and doing that. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that that's that can happen next year. Like, is there enough depth right now in the system that? Because I th- would think you'd want Sensatella coming to camp. Next year. Yeah, I would think you'd want him knowing him knowing you when would. he comes to camp you what would. was going on. But you but here, like, bottom line is, look, he he's great as as any team's number five. He's excellent as as the Rockies. Well, number four, number five, still. So. Uh, you you can't get upset at that consistency. You really can't with a team that and a franchise that has hasn't had too many guys be that consistent. No, maybe maybe be that consistent, but closer to a five ERA than the low fours, right? Sure, yeah, and and to do it in his spot in the rotation, I'm I've, I've been very impressed with the young career. Not not quite as young as it used to be, but still of of Antonio Sensatella. All right, Jacob. You know, we love you with Super Chats setting the standard out there. Don't forget that if you're joining us on the YouTubes live, you can get in with these Super Chats. You can make sure that we answer your question for sure. He wants to know. I love this. He keeps throwing guys at us for the Hall of Fame. I pulled up the baseball reference page for Mark Burley. Mark Burley, he wants to know, Hall of Famer with the Super Chat question. Um, And this one's interesting. Just looking at it. Again, I'm going to lean because he asked us about Roger Maris the other day toward probably not. But there are some interesting caveats to this. Um, you know, his, his career war is actually very impressive at 60 over 16 seasons. That actually does put him in the conversation of, of other players. You know, you start getting in the 60s, that's, you start being in Hall of Fame territory there. Um, he's never led the league in any categories other than hits that he's given up and innings that he's pitched. <laughs> and what comes along with that, batter's face. But that Batter's face, right. You're not bragging about that. <laughs> um, one thing that anyone who watched him does know, and I have no idea what to do with this for a Hall of Fame case for a pitcher, he was a phenomenal defender. He fielded his position off the mound as well as anybody in his generation. And he's got several gold gloves in his closet to show for that. But a career ERA plus of 117, you know, raw ERA 381, 16 years. You know, he pitched some in the postseason, was decent. But I, I think he's another one of those guys of in the hall of, man, that guy was pretty damn good. Don't you remember him? He was he was good, man. Guy was good. Great ball player, Mark Burley. I always loved watching him play, but I, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. He was definitely at the top of my list of guys that I enjoyed watching and even drove three and a half hours to, to watch him pitch against the Orioles when he was with the White Sox. And he had a streak of I think something like sixty-three straight quality starts. And I'm sure I was probably the only one that cared about that record or that number. And AJ Brzezinski. Yeah. AJ Brzezinski got plunked at some point in the game. Mark Burley threw inside in a guy and got ejected in the sixth inning. So he only was able to pitch five and change. So it snapped the streak because he got ejected. And that's not why the day is is memorable. It's because that was the day it was announced that Rafael Palmero had tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. 
we all thought, why isn't he in the lineup today? That's strange. But oh, I remember it still more for Mark Burley. You know, I did vote for him in our fun little saber ballot. Uh, the third Wednesday of, of every month, go down to Blake yeah. Street Tavern at about noon. Uh, a bunch of old guys and a couple of young guys just talking baseball. It's fun. You can join us. Guys, yeah, it's and it's free. You know, it's just a it's just a fun little luncheon. And we did one of those ballots, and I actually did vote yes for for Mark Burley. I don't think he's a first ballot guy. Uh, first ballot for the Hall of really good, but I think he very much had an underrated career. And I think when you kind of go back and look at some of the pitchers of his time, he was towards the top. Very you know similar career to almost like a Burt Blylevin. Of course, didn't get the three thousand strikeouts. You know, so he didn't he didn't compile, but you know, won a World Series in, in 2005 with the White Sox, that staff that just absolutely shut down throughout the playoffs, you know, was a five-time All-Star and, and did it 12 years apart as a 23-year-old. And as a 35-year-old, as you said, defensively, uh, did win four gold gloves, led the league a couple times in innings pitched. In fact, had over 200 innings pitched in – yeah. Uh, in 14 of his 15 of full seasons, his last season, he missed it by four outs and he would have had basically every season, all full 15 full seasons to oh. over 200 innings pitch. So Mark Burley That's is kind incredible. of the super sensatella in a lot of ways yeah. in what he was able to do. So uh, I would actually say yes to him. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to look a little deeper at the innings pitch stuff because again, I was just kind of, I'm looking at ERA, ERA plus, and I'm going, these he's don't not a slam leads. dunk. He's definitely not a slam dunk, but that's how you get the, you accumulate the 60 wars by pitching so many innings and that is valuable. So it, it's worth looking at. All right, let's do a little bit of looking ahead. And, you know, looking ahead is always brought to you by our friend at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you like to know what's going to happen the next day, I was on DNVR bets, by the way, today. I'm going to be on DNVR bets again on Thursday. So hopefully I did okay with some of my predictions out there. I know RK has been on a heater and I was sitting in his seat. So I, I had it on me. I We'll, we'll see what, what's going on. But we're going to look ahead with our DraftKings Sportsbook app. Friends, you got all kinds of great bets you can make on there in baseball. Overs and unders on runs scored, strikeouts. Who's going to get a hit? Who's going to get a home run? Who's going to win the ball game? All that kind of stuff. And right now, you can basically get free $200 and just throwing some bets down on any college football action right now. You think Bama's going to win it all? You think Clemson's going to win it all? Go and bet right now $1 on that, and boom, you've got $200 automatically in your DraftKings Sportsbook app account to bet on whatever you want. Again, download that top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DMBR, and that's what you'll receive. $200 free in bets when you place $1 bet on any college football. That's promo code DMBR. You get your free $200 in free bets instantly. It does say free in there twice. I didn't read that. It does say that. For a limited time, only a DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522 My DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week is a Mr. Charlie Blackman to Homer tonight. Yes, we've got a left-hander on the hill, oh, Matt Strom. 
But he's been left on left good. Charlie's been very good. He does have a homer against him already uh, back in 2019. I think that came during that wacky series in June against the Padres. So look for Charlie. As you said, he's got the stroke. He's been hitting a lot better. He only has eight home runs this season. It's crazy to think that it's his lowest total since 2013 when he had only and six. He's about 12, 11 or 12 away from uh, – moving up the, the charts on the Rockies. Like he'll, he'll be second or third Rockies all time. Once he gets to, it was 22 coming into the season. You do the math. I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Charlie to get one off of Matt Strom. So my mother here in the, and you're not the only one mom, not entirely sure who's pitching for the San Diego Padres these days. Uh, and, and it was a little different for Austin Gomber as well, who went on right. paternity leave. So congratulations to the Goms for the newest Gomber. Uh, but uh, yes, it'll be Chi-Chi Gonzalez versus Jake Arrieta for the wrap-up. Tonight we've got Marquez versus Matt Strom. The San Diego Padres are just grabbing dudes and <laughs> throwing them out there right now. Uh, Patrick, what do, you, what do you think of these next two? And of course the Padres signing Jake Arrieta, of all people, to make his next first start for them. Back at Coors Field, Jake. Congratulations on the new contract. Let's see what you've got left. If it's, if there's anything in the tank, I, I think being a part of the Padres has to, you know, uh, provide a little electricity. Yeah. yeah, that's that's probably the way to go there. So we'll we'll see what happens. But you know, I it wouldn't shock me anymore now to for the Rockies to to maybe even sweep this one. You gotta love, you know, Marquez on the hill. Uh, who, you know, at least his last two starts this season against San Diego in a pretty, you know, close time span. It was about three weeks apart. Uh, but both in San Diego, pitched really well against them, was able to earn the win, or the Rockies won those games. So uh, I think, you know, another over, it doesn't pay out as much. The the Charlie Blackman hitting homers plus 400. So I want to have the big, the big bucks there. But plus 130 is over five and a half strikeouts. And his last five starts against – the Padres dating back to 2019, he has seven or more. So I think oh, yeah. that's just as good as a bet. It's only plus 130, but you want to parlay it, then when he likes more pitching against these guys too. Marquez, when he sees Machado and Tatis Jr. and those guys on, he goes, Yeah, I'm gonna get them. I'm gonna get them. And they don't have, you know, you know, terribly great numbers uh, against them. I mean, Cronenworth is is a guy that's Really starting to to do some things, but for the most part, in ten he's at-bats, becoming one of those dudes, man. Though he's an, he's an all star, so he's not like a Will Myers or Corky's Hernandez, no. but he is very quickly becoming one of those like, not this guy again. Tatis one for ten against Herman Marquez, not very favorable. Uh, Manny Machado seven for nineteen, so he's batting three sixty eight, uh, one double. That's it. No no triples, no homers two RBI against them, but he's also struck out five times against Marquez. So, you know, maybe to a lesser extent, extent Marquez, I wouldn't say owns Machado, but he does well against these guys. So yeah. you got to like them winning today. And then as we said, tomorrow with Chi Chi and Jake Arrieta, we could be looking at a sweep here. We, we really could be, I'll go ahead and predict the Rockies series win, but you're, you're right. I mean, if you, you take it on that, you never know. Bullpens get involved, but I see Chi-Chi handling that game a lot better than than Arietta. Uh, and 
Marquez versus Matt Strom really just isn't even close in terms of a pitching matchup. That's a slam dunk in favor of the Rockies, which is super bizarre. Here you have this team that could have won the NL West this year, been in postseason position essentially wire to wire. I don't know that at any point this year the Padres have been out of postseason position. By the end of this set, the Reds take care of business. Now, I saw the Cubs went up on them early. Let me see what it is now. Just as we're recording the Cubs are, are holding a one nothing lead over the Cincinnati Reds. But I think by the end of this series, the Reds could hold a wild card spot and the Padres not. Yeah, there's there's still a lot to play for in these games. We know there's a lot of guys on the Rockies right now. They're they're playing for a spot next year. You know, they're 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 trying to just hold on to a roster spot because there's there's a lot of players that need to be protected ahead of the Rule Five draft. So there's that going on. They're also playing to, to for the opportunity to maybe play somewhere else. Like, hey, man, this outfield is somewhat loaded when everyone's healthy. So is somebody going to end up moving? You know what? You, you go out there and you play, and the powers that be make those decisions. You just don't have control over it. So there's still a lot to play for each guy individually. And so that that's just one reason why you, you really can't count this team out. And you never will. You know, I don't think you can count out any team. There, there are times I think when, you know, you have some squads that look a bit listless. <laughs> yeah, you're just completely listless, or you maybe have some older guys just playing out the string, and again, you don't have that influx of talent in September to wake some guys up. But that's not really the case here with with Colorado. So these games are are still pretty important, exciting, and is it crazy to think they could go six and zero? My. I don't, I don't know that there's any hype now. Can we say – we should yeah. say that. There's no – there shouldn't be any hype around the Rockies. There should be excitement around there them really being at home. Be. But that's well, not yeah. hype. That's not well, hype. Right, 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 because they're not going to the postseason this year and, and all of that. So they're not even, you know, getting back to 500 or any of that stuff. But I was talking with our uh, – you know, the GM down here at the DMVR bar, Darren, uh, fantastic runs the place. And he was talking about it, man. He was calling – I didn't realize – you know, how extreme the split had been. I just knew that every time I went to the ball game down here, they ended up winning. And I always have a fun time going out to Coors Field and throwing back some Breck brews and watching the ball club play. And they've really been a fun team all year, despite the times they've been right near the bottom or, or whatever it is, the, the really tough stretches they've had. And this is kind of a, a perfect example of it. The fact that we're sitting here and saying reasonably they could just sweep this out and look ahead at the schedule too, by the way, if you do like playing spoiler, the teams that are going to have to come here, San Francisco's got to come to Coors Field twice in their pursuit of the NL West crown. Yes. Two more times. That's right. Uh, the, uh, do the Phillies come to town or do the Rockies? I think, no, the Rockies go, they've got an East coast trip. But Atlanta's got four games. Right. And we know the Rockies have been playing those four game series better and better and better every so time. Imagine you're San Francisco or Atlanta and you're trying to win your division or you're trying to grab that last wild card spot. And, you're, and then you see that three or four game set on your schedule going into Colorado. And the Rockies aren't just, hey, they're better at home than they are out on the road. No, no, no. Since the end of May, the Colorado Rockies are the best team in baseball by an overwhelming margin at home. I think they've lost 10 baseball games at home since the end of May. And most of those are the Dodgers. So if you're not the Dodgers, good luck coming to Coors Field. Like, it's – yeah. So, <laughs> we'll see. I, I'm, I'm with you. Until they lose one at home, 
We'll keep watching them. You keep hanging out with us here at the DMVR Rockies podcast live shows. Make sure you're on the YouTube. Make sure you're clicking that thumbs up button, giving us the like, hitting the bell icon to let you know when we're going live, all that good stuff. Subscribing to the DMVR.com so you get all the written content, all the discounts on hats and shirts, the bigger beer. You come down to the DMVR bar, the access to the Discord channel, the free shirt on the annual, all the stuff you get by subscribing to the DMVR.com. Of course, you know, we'll be watching the games for the rest of the week. It's going to be, it always is entertaining when they're at home. Really going to be fun. We'll keep breaking it all down for you on these lives. We appreciate you all. Make sure you're following on social media, all that stuff. You know it at Patrick D. Lyons, at Drew Creaseman, at DNVR underscore Rockies. And just keep being absolutely awesome out there. We'll keep being absolutely Patrick Lyons and Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, we'll see you at the ballpark. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code welcome 10 for ten dollars off your first purchase get ten dollars off your first purchase with code welcome 10 at caskers.com